0: Welcome to another episode of Always Another Game. Um, I am absolutely excited, buzzing, to have this guest on today. Uh, This came up actually through my social media platforms when I was reaching out for athletes. So um, on the podcast today, we have Alex Murphy. Um, Alex and I have uh, never met before, Mm. but his story absolutely fascinated me uh, because we have on today a 10-0 and 0 unbeaten professional boxer uh, which being an ex-athlete as well going unbeaten is um, mentally and physically an incredible feat so uh, yeah Alex thank you for being on how's it going
1: yeah hi Sean uh, thanks for having me on and um, yeah all good mate I'm uh, in a good place at the moment uh, doing well obviously in my Um <clears throat> and
0: yeah life's good everything's good thanks love that love that yeah so for anybody that's um unsure I'm, I'm when the guests come on i do send over some questions to the guests so that i can make the podcast specific to them and and what they would like to share story wise and and alex fascinated me because not only is he a professional boxer he does have a side business um and There was a fascinating uh, topic that we're going to go into uh, shortly about lockdown, um, because that was a big part for me for why I'm doing what I'm doing. Coaching-wise now, lockdown was a huge part for me, so I can't wait to dig into that. But first and foremost, we all need to know, who is Alex Murphy? Um, Alex Murphy, uh,
1: I'm just a a normal 32-year-old lad, really, um, who's done well in the sport of boxing, uh, worked hard always been into sport and started it at a very young age started football when I was six and then you know got into the boxing when I was eight and and yeah just worked hard and a couple of years ago <clears throat> turned professional as a boxer and I am where I am now obviously 10-0 and, and everything's gone well and you know my life's changed drastically from it and I'm just sort of uh sailing through to be honest and you know living in the moment and just taking everything as it comes
0: i love that living in the moment because it is it is sport is that right it's i had i had seasons where i was untouchable everything i touched turned to gold and then i had seasons where it was complete opposite and you just couldn't figure a way out and and a lot of the time you had to do it yourself now that was for me in a team environment but for you obviously you have i'm assuming you have a small team around you but a lot of that you know when you're in there it's you you are by yourself so you know how have you um how have you found that in kind of being in that individual environment
1: yeah i mean that's it boxing's a lonely sport in it you know it is um just you in there obviously i have a team around me um you know you have your corner men etc your trainers and uh, even like you, you know your fans and your family and stuff they're all with you but when the bell goes it is uh, just you in that ring and when it gets tough it's only you who, you know, you, you're relying on. You can't sometimes, I would say I've played team sports as well, you know, played football for, for most of my life. And if you're having a bad day or you're not feeling great or you're having a bad game, you've got 10 other players, to you know, to rely on, to, to pick the performance up. Whereas, yeah, when we're boxing, it is an individual sport. And if you're not feeling great, then um, you, you get found out sort of thing. And, and if you're having a, an off day, yeah, you, you get found out unless you, you pick yourself up and it's only you that can do that so it is, it, it's completely different and um to to what many people who play sport are used to but it is great as well because everything's put onto yourself you know and it sort of gets you out of that attitude of there's no excuses you've just gotta um you've got to crack on with it and put of you know put everything on yourself and and find a way and, and and work it out sort of thing and i think that's what um makes you the best as well in in this sport of boxing so yeah no it's good yeah
0: boxing MMA all that stuff terrifies me absolutely terrifies (laughs) me and I played ice hockey so I um funny story I only ever had one fight in ice hockey it's not allowed but it's kind of like included Mm -hmm. that person I fought is actually going to be a guest on the podcast so um, that'll be an interesting uh, conversation on who won that one Um, (laughs) but for me (laughs) When I was in that moment, the only way I could describe it is I blacked out. Not that he hit me, but I couldn't tell you what happened in that. Yeah. Obviously, it was a lot shorter than what you do, but like it might have been a minute, 30 seconds to a minute. I had no idea what happened in that yeah. time. How is it for you when, when you're in the ring in these important battles? Do you, do you feel with your training that you're switched on, or do you have that moment of like autopilot?
1: Yeah, no. So no, you do learn. To be fair, you do learn that that side of it. And um, like when you first start uh, and you have your first fight and you know stuff like that, you we have the same the same feeling. We experience the same thing. But once you do it for so long and you know you have so many fights, and um, I like, don't forget, I, I had thirty amateur fights as well there's obviously me, me ten professional fights. So um, I've had a lot of experience with it. So you, you you sort of learn to then embrace you know the moment and and like be, yeah be present sort of in the ring um because like you said there obviously we, we all fight it, it was a blackout so you, you weren't actually present in the, you know in that that, that time but you yeah. know you know it was like me with my first amateur fight i was 12 years old and i had my first amateur fight and wow. yeah it was like i remember getting out and thinking what happened <laughs> because <laughs> i think what it is it's the unexpected isn't it like you're going in you know you're going into the unknown you don't know what to expect so it's like when when you have your first spa in boxing i, I see it all the time obviously being around the gym all the time and seeing people going for the first spa and everything sort of goes out the window and you, you know you forget everything you've been taught sort of thing so but what, what it is, then, you know, the more you do it, the more experience you get at it. So then, once mm-hmm. you get obviously the level I'm at now, because I've I've done it so many times, I'm able to um, you know relax in in the moment and um, you know think sort of a lot clearer than you know when you first do it because I know what to expect at, you know at this point. So you do get used to it, yeah. But I understand exactly where you're coming from in terms of you, you just back out because yeah, when you do start boxing, that's that's exactly the same.
0: Yeah, you're twelve. That's you know that's a young age, especially when yeah. you consider like fighting. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. kind of what you're doing. That's is, that is really young, and and you mentioned there as well that you played football beforehand. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I can understand why somebody maybe from a ice hockey or something would go into boxing. But football is obviously not known for its aggressive nature. Mm-hmm. So, what was the what was the shift there from football to boxing? Um there was no
1: like. Um decision sort of on on my side where i just thought yeah i'm gonna go into boxing uh, i sort of just fell into it so yeah when i started football when i was six years old and um, dad just took me down to you know a football team and uh went from there uh and then when i was, so I was playing football for a couple of years so when i was eight years old the team i was at and um, the manager at the time who took over he had his own boxing gym so he was like a boxing coach and a football coach and um, okay so we took the whole team down to the boxing gym just for a bit of fitness. Uh, and like I say, the whole team was there for the first week and then uh, they went back again the next week and slowly some of the players started drifting off. You know, they didn't like it, but um, I enjoyed it. I, I, I did enjoy it. I don't know whether it was learning something new and um, whether it was like the you know the, the buzz of of uh you know punching <laughs> or whether it was just the status of I could go into school and say I do boxing I honestly don't know but uh, I found a love for it and uh and I stuck to it um, and and yeah so so that was when I was eight years old and it was it was just for fitness it was just once a week just to sort of supplement the football and then when I was uh 10 that that gym closed down, um, but then, and that because that gym was in Bolton as so well. Obviously, I'm from Salford, um, so it was like a you know 25-30 minute uh, car journey once a week. And then when that car, when when that gym shut down, obviously I, I didn't have a boxing club. But then my mum was walking home from work one day and seeing a leaflet in a window, new boxing gym in, in Eccles, which is where I live. So it was oh, like it was all sort of meant to be. And then yeah, obviously my mum came home from work and said, "Oh, we you know we've just seen a." I've just seen this this leaflet advertised for, for a new boxing gym that's just opened. You to go down, and it was five minutes away from the house, so wow. I went down there. Eccles Boxing School, and and that's the gym I'm still with now.
0: <laughs> oh wow, yeah, because so. you did mention before loyalty was a massive thing, but I I love um, I love accidental intent. So mm-hmm. like you had no control over that gym being open nearby. You had no idea you'd still be there today. No. Yet, like you said, it was it was meant to be. There was just something that just. Yeah felt right, um and I do get it. I do get why you love you know you maybe fell in love with the punching element I did uh boxer size coaching, and honestly, oh. you should see some of the people that you know how they used to just go into this red miss mode this this different mode when you got to hit something there is there is something to that there is- re- something releasing about yeah. that, so I do get why people fall in love with that. I don't like the element of being hit back, but (laughs) (laughs) each to each to their own. Um, So we went from 30 amateur fights. Yeah. What was the changing point for you that went, you went, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going for this. I'm going to go professional. What was that shift for you? Well, you know, it's weird
1: because like I think back and throughout i'd probably say for the majority of our amateur fights because obviously i was a kid for the majority of them and um, there was no real real focus on yeah one day i'm gonna turn pro and um, i think it was probably the age of 16 17 um, when i did think yeah actually you know i could i could try and go pro and you know make something out of this and and you know do this full time uh i had me i had my last amateur fight when i was 18 so yeah it's probably the year or so before that uh, when we decided but I also knew what like the path I was going down education wise so like when I was 16 I left school and I went in uh, to a coaching uh, college so like coaching sports it was just like multi-sports and um, okay but, but then I knew from there once I got uh once I passed college it could get me into uni and I knew I wanted to you know go to uni and uh do a degree there so I had me sort of like, education life like planned out sort of thing so you know I knew 16 17 I'd be in college and then 18 19 uh Twitter and you know I'd be in uni and um, and so so when when I sort of figured yeah and I spoke to my coach and we said you know once I finish we, we said once I finish uni then yeah you know we could we could look at going pro and um, so it was only like the year or so before I actually turned where you know the the light bulb moment was yeah actually let let, you know let's go for it and let's do it um but you know as we we spoke about with lockdown and stuff i'm sure we'll go into it a bit later on um everything changed um but yeah it was a it was it was a bit of a weird one it wasn't something that was like you know, written in the water for for years and years and years and ever uh, ever since i started it was going to be yeah you know there was no one there saying oh this kid special he's going to turn pro because it took a lot of hard work like i'll be honest when i started boxing like i had no boxing background i had <clears throat> no family who boxed i had no sort of um characteristics in there uh to be a boxer because i was quite a timid kid as well when i started when i was eight i was a small timid kid um, okay. there was nothing really about me that that should have got got into boxing and and i've only developed over time since since being into boxing and like i say when i first started i was nothing special um i weren't very good if i'm being honest with you (laughs) and it's just over time obviously i've got better through experience but yeah it were not like you know when i first started there wasn't like no one ever there going oh yeah this kid's special he's gonna he's gonna be a pro boxer when he's older i never had any of that and so it was never sort of in the horizon it was just sort of yeah, I suppose one, one day when I was like 16, 17, around that age, that's when we, we started thought. yeah, you know what, actually, you, you probably could go pro. <laughs> and, and then yeah. I was just sort of took off from there, yeah.
0: What I like, though, is, is throughout all of that, you had, you've had your head screwed on. You mm. see a lot of athletes, young ages, doing really well, getting carried away with the dream, not focusing on school. Um, I know, you know, my parents were very much like, yep, very much supportive in, in sport, but you've got to do, you've got to do the academic side as well. You know, you've got to give yourself a chance to do something else outside, outside of sport. Um, who encouraged you? Where did that, where did that come from? To get in to, to start the boxing, I just threw out the boxing. To to keep up with kind of the academic side, because you said as much as you were pushing with the boxing, you had yeah. um you know you were still had these um these goals you know to be college yeah. and uni. Did you have encouragement to to keep your yeah, you no, know, kind it, of the head screwed on on that side?
1: Um yeah, you know my mum and dad. Uh, I've, I've lived with my mum and dad all my life, and I'm still living with my mum and dad now. And they've always been heavy, especially my dad has always been heavy on you know get an education work out at school you know listen at school and so he's been a big influence in terms of me education like he's been quite strict so i mean not, not in a not in a bad way or you know an over, yeah. overly strict way but just uh you know don't don't mess about sort of things um, yeah. Well, he's encouraged me a lot to be fair because I, I was uh, a lot of people don't know this but i was head boy at school as well Um okay so get, somebody's you know, gonna, go- somebody's gonna use that in the ring now aren't they <laughs> i know i know <laughs> and uh i'm a very unusual character to be somebody who's head boy and a lot of people would, would look at me and won't think that but you know what it was i think again it was it was an influence off my dad like when when i was in like year nine or whatever and the, the prefect letters got sent out Um like, my dad was like, Why don't you go for it? And I was like, nah, I don't know. Why would I want to be a prefect? And he said, Listen, it'll work good for you when you're older. So I was like, So I applied to be like a prefect sort of thing. And this was like when year nine, 10, and um, I got that. And then uh, when the head boy letters went out, my dad was like, Go on, go for it, bit. I'm like, Dad, I don't want to be a boy. Why Why I be a boy? And he was like, oh, "Cause it looked good for you in an order," and I think the only reason really I went for it is just to, you know, make me that happy and make it, cause I knew if I did it, it'd make him proud, sort of thing. And okay. um, he's done a lot for me in my life, my dad. Like he took me to to sport a lot of times. Always took me to football, boxing, etc. And uh, and it was just as something to pay him back, really. So um, so yeah, so I did it. And, but because obviously then I'm a it, boy, you know, I've got to have me head switched on. I've got to, I can't misbehave in school and whatnot. Um. And, uh, yeah, and that's just sort of how, probably how I've had my head switched on so much from an early age. But I've heard it all my life, to be fair, from, like, a, from a young lad. You know, I've always had my head switched on. And I think it's because I've been in the boxing gym all my life as well. And and I started the coaching pretty early as well at the boxing gym. So I think I've just had to develop that sort of, you know, older head attitude. Um, yeah. And, and, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's all worked out well for me in the end. So it's good.
0: Yeah, it's it does, and it's always great to have whether it's you know whether it's parents or coaches or or friends. It's always great to have that encouragement. And it sounds like it was not like forced. There was no, always kind of a. It was kind of like a you know there was always a a, a backup to the argument. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was able to do that. Is he is he still heavily involved with you now, or does he kind of just sit back and watch?
1: He more sit back, sits back and watch now. Obviously, now I'm uh, I'm older and. You know, I can drive myself to places and um, make my own decisions sort of thing. Uh, you, you know, he still has an influence and obviously I always um, like value his opinion and stuff and uh, I, everything he says I'll sort of listen to. Um, but yeah, it's uh, not obviously not as much as, you know, when I was a kid. Um, it was one of them sort of, when, what, what he said, I believe and I'd, I'd go with because I was, you know, when I was a kid and he was the adult sort of thing. Um, yeah. But that's that's what has got me into where I am now. So the majority of everything he said, I suppose, it was good and <laughs> was <it> was right.
0: <laughs> yeah, so. no, it, it's fantastic to have that. I, I find it funny. My my parents, I always used to, I always used to re- more so message my dad after a bad game and say, "How did I play?" And he'd go, "Well, you're messaging me, so you know the answer." That would yeah. be generally kind of the response I got. Um, whereas my mum on the other side, like, oh, "I thought you were fantastic today," and was always kind of well, like the the positive praise side. So they had that. Almost kind of a little bit like good cop, bad cop kind yeah,
1: of vibe. It, but it... I was gonna say it's it's funny you say that actually because obviously in sport you do get them them sort of parents you know you get your deluded parents don't you just fill the kids head with you know with um, all the positive stuff and say that you know the best thing since sliced bread. But my dad he, he was he, he was the same you know he was balanced. If I had a bad game, I'd get in the car and he'd tell me I had a bad game. Or you know if I played <laughs> men, he'd tell me I played men and. I think that sort of kept me level-headed in a way that um, if I didn't play well, I knew I needed to work harder to play better next time. Because if I got in that car and he told me I had a bad game, then I'd be like, "Oh." You know, and <laughs> yeah. I think um, I think you do. You see that a lot, especially in football. You get a lot of like deluded parents who, you know, think the kid's gonna uh, sign for Barcelona in a few years, and it's uh, it's not always the case. So um, yeah, yeah it's, it's it just made me think then when you mentioned that point.
0: Yeah, but you know, it might not be Barcelona for you. The reality was going pro.
1: Yeah.
0: So that was the, re- yeah. that was the reality. So, but we, you know, you briefly mentioned lockdown. I want to, you know, I, I would love, like, I'm really looking forward to kind of hearing this part of it because lockdown mm. changed that for you, but not in yeah. the way that maybe people might be thinking, but lockdown sent you, f- enforced your hands yeah. to go pro, didn't it?
1: Yeah. 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 No, it did. Lockdown was, uh was massive. Um, and you know, I'm I'm probably never gonna say like lockdown was a good thing because uh, obviously the the situation of it, you know, COVID, you know, a lot of people lost their lives, etc. And it was just a it was a it was a shambles really, wasn't it? The the entire yeah. world was a bit of a shambles. But mm-hmm. I suppose it's how you react to that, and yeah, I reacted positively. A lot of people, um, you know, I'm close with, reacted positively in 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 the situation um that, that we was in, but. Yeah, f- for me it was it was a bit of a mad one because yeah, I was still an amateur boxer at the time of lockdown. Um, but everything everything shut down, didn't it? You know, there was no competing, there was no training. The gym had to shut down, um, and you know, I could I couldn't start a train, and I went into the home workouts and the runs like everybody else. Um, but it, it, it's yeah. not the same. And like I say, at that point in lockdown, we was at the stage where. Uh, we had we had talked about going pro but I think I was in my second year at uni at the time and the plan was to turn pro once I finished uni Um, and yeah I'll never forget so so my boxing coach Brian he was he he was a pro coach as well at the time we had uh, we had one other pro before me Um, he's not fighting now he's tired now but we had one of a pro before me so he had a, a pro license right as well as an amateur license but like the the rest of the, the lads we were all amateurs and i remember in lockdown now the amateur boxers couldn't train or couldn't compete or anything like mm-hmm. that however yeah. the professional boxers could still train like right, because it's mm-hmm. a job so it's an occupation so they needed to train and yeah. i never forget the phone call off my coach brian and he said um uh, Alex, he said, uh, just, just hear me out. He said, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to say something to you now. He said, but before you say anything, he said, just look, let me explain. So I went, go on. He went, uh, I think you should go pro now. and But obviously the, that wasn't the plan. You know, in my head, the, the plan was turn over once I finish uni. I had all my uni work to do. And, and then so straight away, I felt this, this like re- like I was going to reject what he said straight away. But because he told me to hear him out, I didn't say anything. I just, I just let him speak. And he explained everything in terms of you know if we turn pro now you can get in the gym with me you can train and there's no signs of amateur boxing coming back anytime soon so we could be waiting ages and the the whole process of turning pro is takes a long time which it does you know you have to have your medical you've got to apply for your license you've got to have an interview in front of the board etc so he said to me he was like <clears throat> he said by the time you actually get your license he said you're probably going to be in your last year at uni and once you get your license, you don't have to fight straight away. You know, you can wait until after uni, but then as soon as you finish uni, then we can get cracking. So so when he said it like that, I thought, you know what, you, you, you're right there. There's no reason why I can't just, you know, get my license to the pro boxing now. And then once I finish uni, then uh, then turn over. Um, mm-hmm. So so I said, yeah, I decided, yeah, go on then, let's do it. Um, so we started the process, we applied for uh, the medical, got the medical done, and um, applied for the, the licensing, uh, had my interview, got, got, did all that, got all that sorted, and I was in the gym training, and well, that's no one else could, and um, yeah, it was it, it was meant, and then I got my license, yeah, when I was in my third year of uni, and then... Once I had my license, I couldn't wait. So I, uh, I ended up having three fights whilst I was at uni and then and oh, I wow. finished and, and then I went, uh, went full time. But yeah, that was a bit of a mad mad, uh, mad stage. I had uni and uh, professional boxing, balancing them both. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, might as well just go whole, whole hog. But yeah. what you know, what yeah. I love as well, and I don't know if the boxing has brought you this or, or the parenting, but you know, when you spoke about your dad and you spoke about your coach of two people you heavily respected,
1: yeah.
0: that you did hear them out. As long as they yeah. gave you logic
1: yeah you were willing
0: to hear them out which is which is great because you know um coaches often talk about players being coachable or uncoachable yeah um and it just sounds like as long as somebody can give you you know common sense or or logic that you are willing to to listen and implement on that do you think that has that come from growing up or or that the boxing had been a part of that
1: yeah you know I don't know where that's come from to I feel like yeah I've I've developed a very uh open-minded um you know mindset so I'm very much for I'll I'll hear somebody out yeah I'll listen to the logic but I am also the one who you know if I don't agree with it then I, I'll tell you I don't agree with it and I'll, I'll say no but like at the yeah at the same time you know with the examples we've used with my dad and um with Brian my coach like I've I've heard them out I've listened and I sort of agreed with yeah the logic behind it all so you know I've I've took the advice and I, and I've done it um but yeah I'm I'm just uh, a very open mind and I think I've I've got more and more open minded the older I've I've uh, got on and I've found that to be the best mindset you know you can have um it'll sort of, it'll open a lot of doors and opportunities for you. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great mindset to
0: have, I've found. Mm. And lockdown was almost another one of those accidental intents then, like the, the flyer for the new gym. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Do you feel, do you feel like if lockdown came, you, you'd, you would be pro or you'd have been pro as soon. Do you think that was a huge, huge part of it?
1: Well, if, so if there was no lockdown, would yeah, I don't know. Um, because if there was no lockdown yeah nothing would have changed I would have I would have seen out you and then you know I would have gone pro. I, I I can tell you now obviously if lockdown wasn't if, if lockdown didn't happen I wouldn't be sat here 10 and all. That, that, that's a fact I okay. can guarantee that wow. but would I still like would I still have gone pro I don't know would it would I be six and all or five and 0 Not that here. I, I don't know um yeah you, you can you can um so you can't guess can you and um, and that's why we we said about the present. You live in the present. There's no point um, thinking about like the future or the or the past because you've just got to sort of take you know a day at a time and take the situation in and um yeah. I I, I would I'd love to know, uh, but I wouldn't change anything for the world <laughs> either. Like, yeah. if, if I had, if I had the option to stick to what to how it's happened or to change and see where I'd be, i would be, and I wouldn't change. No, I'd, I'd, I'd stick to yeah. where I am now and um. Yeah, it's like I'm. I'm a true believer in everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. True believer in fate as well. Um, yeah, and everything's just sort of meant to be, and it, you know, it's all happened for 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 the reason. And yeah, I'm I'm just following with it sort of thing
0: now and enjoying life. So it's good. Yeah. You can see it. You can see the pattern, which yeah. is fantastic. But I want to take that now into a little bit of what the podcast is is more about. Is that we've taken what you've kind of learned through that process and into how you perform now or what you do outside. Now you do coach as well. You, I think you've mentioned it a few times. You do help other, other boxers. So that is hard to be a professional boxer and to help others at the same time. It, you know, it's a lot more than just focusing on yourself. Yeah. So what does a typical day look like for you when you are coaching as well as working on yourself? um it's you know
1: what what's good for me is I I train full-time so I have um I have very good sponsors behind me my my professional career who sort of fund me to to be able to to make it you know make a living out of boxing uh, and train full-time but what that also does is it frees up a lot of time for me because obviously I you know most of the time I'll train twice a day but I'll train in the mornings and I'll train at night so it leaves me afternoons free so um yeah a lot of, so that's when you know uh, the coaching business slots in perfectly because you know then in the afternoons um, that's when I've got time to you know to, to help others and, and to do a bit of the coaching and also on you know I do it on the weekends as well um but it's just about balancing it what, what I do obviously the, the most important thing is my boxing career so that that comes first like the training mm-hmm. comes first and then the you know the one-to-one slots and the the coaching uh just just fits around that basically um but yeah so i'll i'll put the coaching i'll put the the training first and then you know whenever anybody sort of messages me and you know wants to get in and wants to do a session i'll have a look at my training um routine and you know and i'll I'll see sort of when's best for them to get in and and, and when i can do um but I've, i've been coaching for so long now like i started when i was I probably started coaching when i was about 14 to be honest but i, I started oh, wow. i started coaching uh, like the, doing the one-to-ones i set up this like my own one-to-one uh, business page when i was 16 so i've been doing what's that now six years so i've built up but i'm at the point now obviously where i've gone pro where i've built up such uh, like a big client base over the years it's it's just a case of you know when when and when somebody messages me that's when I'll just fit him in around my um, around my training, and I could have, I can have busy weeks or I can have quiet weeks, and it really doesn't phase me to be honest. Because like I say the, the training's the most important, and um, and like the, yeah. the coaching separate. But yeah, I do enjoy the coaching; it is great, and it helps me a lot like, with my boxing as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was one area I did struggle with. Is I I feel like there was a push and 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 a focus on the ice hockey yet I still wanted to push on the personal training. So I think it for me, it was like a 55, 60, you know, to, to, you know, that 40, 45 split. Um, and I think that affected it that n- neither one got that priority, but it seems like you've got that kind of clear, no, this is first. And yeah. this is kind of, this will, will fill the gaps, but what was it? What was it about coaching at such a young age that you're like, you know, this is what I want to do. Um, uh, i think it was
1: more like just just to be in the boxing gym you know more more than i already was like i, I was training okay. every day anyway and then uh like i say Brian, you know brian my coach i think i don't know i think he just asked if i ever wanted to to help out and you know just give him a hand with with some of the kid sessions because i said i'd have my time slot at night but he'd have other sessions going on as well like there'd be a there'd be a younger class on before my session and um I think he just asked me one day if I wanted to to give him an hand with it and, um you know, like shadow him doing the coaching sort of thing. And I think that was at a young age, yeah, 14. And I, I said, yeah, and yeah, I was just just did it from there. I think it was a sense of just giving back as well, because obviously Brian put a lot of time into me. I thought a way to, you know, to give back to that was to to help him out with the coaching. And I, I, I've always got on with Brian. So I enjoyed spending time with him. I enjoyed being in the gym. um. And then it, that just went from there. But it, I, in terms of me one to one business, it was more so. So when I was sixteen, I had just left school. Um, I, I obviously I've been doing the coaching now for a couple of years, and I, I I started just like coaching the kids. But then like the the more I, I grew into the coaching and the more experience I got, obviously the better of a coach I, I become. And you mm-hmm. know, Brian would start having me doing like the adult classes as well. Like this is when I'm still a kid as well. You know what I mean? Like okay. I me <laughs> the adult classes and, and whatnot. So. At like a a young age, like 15, 16, I was I was also coaching adults. Um so then so when I was 16 and, and I finished school for you know for the six weeks' holidays or whatever it was, um Brian because Brian does one to ones as well uh, throughout the day. So if he ever if he ever I like, double booked you know clients or if he ever I like, had booked a client in but had something on and needed to go somewhere. He'd always offer me the you know the, the client and say oh do you want to do this one to one sort of an hour coaching um and then i'll I'll give you this much for it you know and pay me for it so I was like yeah hey, yeah go in and, and I was doing like a, a few a week for him and I loved it and, and then I just had the light bulb in right, moment in my head that that thought well if you know if I got me what if I got my own clients you know and, and um I, I could I could do it as my own little business. Um yeah so I asked Brian I, I said to him like if I got my own clients in would I be able to uh you know train them out of this gym and then obviously give you just your cut for for it being your gym? Yeah. So it was like, yeah, yeah, of course. And then that's when I started my uh, Instagram page and um my Instagram page now is called Alex Murphy underscore boxing, right? And and what it is now is my career sort of thing. Like it's it's to build like a fan base, it's to promote yeah. the fights, it's to put like photos on, et cetera, Just for people to follow the journey, right? But that same Instagram account used to be called Alex Murphy underscore boxing fitness, right? Because mm-hmm. what it was when I was 16, I created that account as like a, a coaching um Instagram account. So yeah. what I do is I'd advertise like, all oh, right, I've just started doing one-to-ones, anyone want to book in, etc. And I just advertised that the coaching business. Um and then I did that for, for years and and built up the client base. Um and then it was only obviously then when I turned pro. That's when i changed it then to, to just a boxing account and alex made from the score boxing but um because i've been doing the, the coaching for so long i built up the client base for the, for the one-to-ones for the business uh that now i'm you know i'm at a point where i don't actually really need to advertise because it's all just word of mouth um yeah and obviously you get regular clients yeah clients over the years that they come and they go and you know but then they'll tell a friend and then the friend would come and then they'll bring their friend and you know just so on so i I, only, I just do the coaching now when um i get a message or when like most of the time i have a client in and then he'll ask me to book him in for the same time next week etc and it just it just goes like that but uh i'm probably i'm probably doing about i don't know between 10 and 15 a week and it, it's quite uh it, it's quite steady for me that because yeah i can just fit it's perfect it's a perfect fit around my training and it's a perfect balance so it's good
0: yeah no it sounds it sounds absolutely spot on and all the reasons behind you doing it, and and again, Brian comes up again, uh, and I love, I love from the start that you've been at this same gym. <laughs> He's been with you, yes. he trusts you. You know, he trusts you enough that you know to to look after his clients. Yeah, is is trust and loyalty is that essential in in the boxing ring?
1: Yeah, a, a million percent um, in the boxing ring between like uh, coach and boxer. Yeah, a hundred percent. In terms of boxing as a whole absolutely not because it's um like it, it's just everyone's in it for themselves everyone just wants to make money it's more more you you can see it more at the the big stages uh you know mm-hmm. when there's millions of pounds in it you, you can just see it um but <clears throat> for for your coaching your boxer yeah you need that relationship you need that yeah that vitality that trust and I think the beauty of it is that you know i've been with brian for so long like he you know he knows me very well he, like he, he'll know when i just i, I come into training or i'm, a, I'm in a fight and I, i'm just i'm just not with it i'm just not feeling it and i, or, I i'll come back to the corner and i know exactly what he's going to say or you know you it, it, and it's just having that trust because if i come back to the if i had a corner man who yeah who I, who I didn't trust and i wasn't loyal with and i came back to the corner and he, and he told me to do something I, you know, if I didn't trust him, I, I wouldn't do it. I'd just go with with what I'm thinking because I could come back to the mm-hmm. corner. I could be thinking something, what I, sh- what I think I should be doing. I could come mm-hmm. back to the corner and Brian could tell me something different. But because I trust Brian, I'll go with what he's telling me because he's, he's seeing it completely different to me. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's my coach. So you just got to listen to your coach and what your coach says. But, yeah, and, and that's what works. It, it always works. Everything that I listen to works. Um, yeah. But yeah, if if you didn't have that person there who you, you didn't trust and you didn't respect, then I just I believe you will not get very far because it's just that broken bond in it, and you you sort of need your coach to
0: to excel and you know to get to the next stage in boxing. But that's that's the power of coaching, yeah, and what you do as well. That if you know it's that extra set of eyes and ears. Exactly. that see things that you don't because you know we spoke right early on sometimes we're in the moment sometimes we we're, we're not thinking we're on autopilot and mm. to have somebody that you you know you know like and trust in any form of coaching is it's priceless almost you know yeah. to have him by yeah. your side he is you know a huge part of your team what what have you taken from him and implemented into coaching your clients what key skills is there is there one big mantra is there a couple of little things well you know to be fair like
1: every like obviously now i've been doing it for so long i do implement my own my own little things and i learn my own stuff and you know implement it but really everything from the beginning my coaching style was Brian's coaching style because he taught me everything, and then so I taught the exact same way as he would teach me to my clients. So, like my coaching style came from him, really. Um, but more so just like the you know that if you get a, a client in, you know you you go through the fundamentals first, footwork's by far the most important thing, and you know he's mm-hmm. always taught me that sort of thing where. You focus a lot on the footwork a lot on the fundamentals um and then you, you just sort of build them up like you, you won't put anyone in there sparring straight away if the fundamentals wasn't right you need to it's, it's a long process sort of thing and you need to like build with them um, and <clears throat> and and go from it that way but yeah he's a, a lot of the stuff um like that when i first started like i say everything you know, the the way I coach clients was the same way Brian would coach clients. And I think that's why he obviously trusts me to coach his own clients, because I've learned from him. So he knows I coach the same way as he does. But obviously, on top of all that, I studied coaching. So so obviously, I went to a coaching uh, college, and and I did like a a BTEC diploma in in, uh, coaching. And then I went to uni, and I studied sports coaching and development. So I did three years on that. And know uh, there's a lot of uh methods and and techniques that you know i picked up uh from there and that sort of implemented me into the coach i am now um but yeah i love coaching i think it's great and and like you said a minute ago about uh that you know the power of coaching you know when you when you go back to your corner it's another set of eyes i think because i'm a coach and you know i i when i have uh when i'm watching sparring or i have clients in and uh, i'm watching fights i can see the what, like, what i'm looking for if i know if they do that it will work so when i come back to the corner brian can see and he knows what what he's look what he's telling me to do will work so because i'm a coach myself i know what he's telling me he's going to be valuable and i know that if i do it it's going to be positive so um mm-hmm.
0: yeah,
1: i think it all it all links in doesn't it
0: yeah definitely now, I'm going to have some fantastic athletes on this show, but I don't think I'm going to get too many 10-0 undefeated pro <laughs> athletes, okay? So if there was anything that you feel that the audience needed to share on what you know makes you so successful right now in this current moment that you've said a number of times that you're living in this current moment, yeah, what would be something that you could share with everybody that gives them hope that actually... Being at this level is possible, um, and can be sustained. And um, you know what I think it is—the biggest thing that is for my
1: success. I think is uh, persistence and hard work. You know, they're they're the two they're the two main uh, areas. So, persistence in terms of just keep turning up, and you know, keep going. You see a lot of I see it all the time. People come to the gym. They'll be there weeks months maybe sometimes even years but then eventually they fall off um, and 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 that, that seems to be the most common uh sort of pattern with a lot of people anything they do as soon as it starts getting hard they fall off um mm-hmm. and i think i've just always had that uh, persistent mindset because when i first started getting serious with boxing and, and I, I went to uh like, like i said when echoes boxing school opened when i was 10. And I moved there, and I wanted to take it more serious. And um, that's when I first started properly getting into the sparring of it. And mm-hmm. I would go, and it's funny. So Brian has a son who's a, excuse me, Brian has a son who's the same age as me, Baylor and he's a good lad, Baylor He's one of my mates now, but at the, he doesn't box anymore. But at the time, he was like he was a top dog. You know, he was the coach's son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I'd get in when I'd get in with Bailey for the sparring, he'd just lever me all over the place because he was so <laughs> much better than me. Like, he was so much better than me at the time. But I'd go back the next day, you know, and he'd lever me again. But then I'd go back the next day and, you know, and then eventually, over time, I'd get better, I'd get better. And um, but it's just that persistence. And I think, obviously, resilience plays a big part in that, doesn't it? Um, but mm-hmm. I'm just a firm believer of no matter how hard something is, if you if you stick to it, you know, over time, the, the law of averages, it's got to work eventually, you know, it got yeah. to work. Um, yeah. The only time it won't work is when you stop, you know, when you quit, mm-hmm. and when you give up. Um, and it's like my quest now in, into becoming – my dream now is to become a world champion. And and I know for a fact that, as like, if I do – if I just, you know, do everything I can, even if, um, the, you know, the, the worst-case scenario, I, I get beat along the lines – if if I don't if I stop then I'm never going to become a world champion, am I? And um, mm-hmm. you know you've got yeah. you've got to face them sort of obstacles, aren't you, to to get through? And you you've just got to stay consistent. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think a lot of the successes come down to that. Just keep just you know I've stayed in the gym. Like I said, I, I was never the best when I first started, but over but I've never stopped. You know over the time, you know I've took some beatings as a kid, and you know that, that's how I've improved. That's how I've, how I've got better, but if I would have jacked it in and thought, you know, I'm no good at this and I'd never be where I am now. And I'd, ne- you know, I'd never be, you know, a, a good boxer as, you know, I can, I can yeah. say that now, but, um, yeah. So persistence is a massive one and and just hard work as well. Um, you know, you, you've got to work hard, especially in, in this sport of boxing. Uh, I, my favorite yeah. saying is, um, Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And, you know, when, when yeah. you think about it, it's so true. It's so, so yeah. true. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And it's, and yeah, it's we like, had, yeah.
0: We had that many times. I've heard that yeah. many times in the dressing it's, room. It's,
1: yeah, it's such a good quote, is it? But it's so true as well. Um, yeah, because like, the amount of times that I've seen talented lads and, yeah, they, they just, because they're talented, the, the, they've not got the same attitude and they, they feel like they don't have to work hard. And, and that's probably why I've been such a hard worker because, you know, I was never good when I started. So I've had to work hard to catch up to the rest of the lads who were good. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, that's sort of got me into now. And then the, I'd probably say the other thing is just be a sponge and and learn. Like there's a mm-hmm. lot, you you, ne- you can never stop learning. Uh, like even now uh, I've been in this sport for so long Obviously, I'm at the level where I am now and, you know, I'm still learning all the time. Every time I go into the boxing gym, I'm, I'm working on different stuff and, and I'm learning. So you can never, uh, you can never know everything. There's always stuff you can learn. Um, and uh, if you persist and then you're going to be successful. I, I think that's uh, that's a given. Yeah. So yeah,
0: that's what I think. <clears throat> yeah. So I think you've lived and breathed that the fall down or knock down seven times, get up eight. You said earlier about no. lockdown, you know, it was, it was not a great time, but it was how you dealt with it. You did. Yeah. It set you up. Bailey kicked the living daylights out of you. Yeah. You got back up, you know, and and that is life, right? Life will continue to knock you down, whether you're in the boxing ring or not, yeah um, whether you're in sport or not. You just get back up and you go again, and you go again, and and it will, it will pay off. It's that resilience to to succeed. So, who's next? Who's next on the list? Who's fight? Who's the next fight? Um, you know, someone asked me this uh,
1: a couple of days ago, actually, and, and I'll give you the same answer I, I gave to them. So I, I, I don't know if this is because I'm I'm quite humble or not. I don't know, but I, I said to them, I, I don't think I'm in a position yet to be calling out names. Um, okay. I, you know, anything like that. And If somebody called me out, then, you know, it, it, it's on. But uh <laughs> personally, yeah, I'm just taking each fight at a time. And then uh, eventually once I get to a stage where I think, yeah, this is where I can, you know, start calling the shots and say who I want, and then, then I will do. But, um, yeah, there's no there's no names that I'm calling at this moment in time. Um, there, there is names, obviously, that in the future uh, that I think would be great for me. So, like, for example, obviously, you've got your big names like Campbell Atten. Um, you know, he's a massive name in the sport. He's the same weight as me. And, you know, I think somewhere down the line that fight will, will definitely happen. Um, and it'd be a great fight, and it'd be a fight that I'd want. Yeah. Um, but yeah for, for now it's just uh seeing you know what what, what comes obviously i've got a, a manager and um, you know you've got a manager for a reason he, you know you've got to put you, your faith and trust into them and they mm-hmm. get you the right fights um in terms of my next fight fight dates uh i'm still waiting still waiting for here and um, i haven't got any fight dates there's it, one that we're, we're, we're looking for um, but you know nothing's been confirmed and We've just got to wait. So for the time being, I'm just uh, I'm just ticking over, you know, training hard, still getting a sparring, learning, etc. And then as soon as we get a fight day, then, you know, I'm buzzing and we can get the ball rolling. But yeah.
0: Nice. I'll I'll accept your answer. I won't dig. I won't dig anymore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Alex, I know you mentioned it briefly a minute ago, but please do share again. Where can everybody find you if they want to keep up to date with your journey, with your fights? Where can they find you? (laughs)
1: uh yeah so uh my, my social media platforms, main ones instagram uh, alex murphy underscore boxing um, you can just find me on facebook alex murphy i put a lot of stuff on there as well uh twitter is Alex Murphy 404 i believe i'm pretty sure and then uh linkedin which obviously you found me on alex murphy yep. I, you know i try and put a lot of stuff on that so i try and stay as, as active as i can on them social media platforms and um, and you know yeah obviously if anyone wants to uh to follow the journey and you know see where see where to get to and end up then you know follow, follow them social media platforms
0: yeah, I can't wait to see where it takes you. I'm I'm now fascinated. Have you yeah, I don't know if you've got any groupie names yet, but um I'll I'll join in with one of those groupie names. No, but <laughs> um thank you, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your story. I really do appreciate it. Um and yeah, if anybody wants to follow Alex in the journey, please do. But other than that, thank you for anybody who joined us today on Always Another po- another game podcast. As my favorite podcast once said, there is no cost to listening, but there is a theme. If you've taken anything away today, if you've learned absolutely anything at all, please subscribe, like, share, so that we can spread the word. It may help an athlete, a parent of an athlete, or just somebody who's just looking into personal development and wants to see how the top athletes do it so well. Um, So please, uh, anything is massively grateful. But yeah, thank you, Alex. And thank you for anybody that has joined us. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Take care.